0: Welcome back to our podcast, Church History. Today, we talk about three men, Arius, Alexander, and Constantine, and how one meeting changed the church forever, the Nicene Creed. For the first time in history, the church had total freedom, Even more than freedom, the church was respected and even given power in the Roman government. The church was in all of what is today the Middle East, most of Europe, large parts of Africa. There was very little parts of the known world that had not been reached with the gospel. The church did things differently in different parts of the world as culture was different, but its key structure and doctrine, the church was supposed to be unified. This is what was called the Catholic church or the universal church. But from the very start, Satan had attacked the church with false doctrine. With freedom coming to the church, the attack of false doctrine grew and almost destroyed the church. Constantine is now the leader of Rome and has claimed Christianity as his own. Most people believe that Constantine made Christianity the state religion, but this is actually not true. His son would after he died, but Constantine did not. He did, however, give church leadership prominent positions in his government, and soon those who wanted power learned that to have power, they needed to claim Christianity as their own. With the freedom came a more rapid spread of theology, and that would include also wrong theology. One, name, one man named Arius became very popular. He was an amazing speaker, and when he spoke, crowds gathered, and I mean crowds. People came from all around to hear him speak. He was perhaps the greatest speaker at his time. But being a good speaker, being popular, drawing huge crowds can be a bad thing if you're teaching false doctrine. Remember, the term Trinity had only been used for a short time. Since the very beginning of the church, the teachings had been that Jesus is God, and we can see from his life that he is God, and yet he communicated with God. How could that be? The teaching of the Trinity was this, there is one being or one substance that is God, but God has three persons. Each of these persons are equal, but have different roles. Three persons, one substance or one being, that is the Trinity. Arius was preaching that Jesus was of a different substance, that he was great, but that he was not the same as God. If you remember from our last podcast, the school in Alexandria was all about philosophy. They believed philosophy and the Old Testament were equal and that both were given from God because God is truth and philosophy is truth, therefore God is philosophy. Alexandria was also from the school in Alexandria, but he did not follow this line of thinking and he opposed Arius on all fronts. Imagine you're walking into a great hall. You walk in with Alexander. You're a deacon in his church and his personal secretary. You see his back straightened and his arms cross as he stands in the back of the great lecture hall. Every seat is filled with men who are hanging on every word Arius says. You're hearing him for the first time and you can see why he has so many followers. His voice travels easily through the lecture hall, and his excitement and his passion is very clear. Arius holds up an apple and takes a bite. You can see in his face his enjoyment as he eats the bite. An apple comes from an apple tree. Is the apple and the tree the same substance? No, they have different names because they are different things. The apple comes from the tree. The apple is not a tree. The men are laughing in agreement. Am I eating a tree or am I eating an apple? Is saying the apple is not a tree make the apple any less of an apple? So it is with God. Jesus came from God as his only begotten, his firstborn. If he came from God, he cannot be God. Alexander leaves and you follow him. Alexander stops outside the door. What did you think of that? Well, he said firstborn. Firstborn. But firstborn doesn't always mean given birth to. God calls Israel the firstborn, and Jacob was called the firstborn, even though he was not actually the firstborn son. The term firstborn is also used to show status. Alexander smiles. You have learned well. Alexander's young deacon was named Athanasius. He would become a central part of church history. Alexander was extremely angry and disturbed at this teaching. He began to preach in opposition of Arius, but Arius was only becoming more popular. So, Alexander called the church bishops together and had Arius declared a heretic. However, Arius refused to leave the church and held a separate meeting with different church bishops who had started following his teaching and had Alexander declared a heretic. Meanwhile, Constantine was hearing about all this fighting and he was not happy. If you remember from our last podcast, Constantine wanted everyone to get along. He didn't like to see any group marginalized. He had allowed the Christians to worship freely before he converted to Christianity. And now as a Christian, he was allowing the pagans to worship freely. Constantine didn't really care about theology at all. He thought arguments over theology was pointless and actually destructive to the church. In his eyes, it didn't matter at all if God and Jesus were the same substance. So Constantine wrote a letter to both Arius and Alexander. Arius wanted the whole thing to go away. In his letter, he told both the men they were hurting the church with their foolish fighting. He said people who were turning away from the church, it was because of their fighting. The men needed to drop the whole debate, stop overthinking things, and just get busy. This letter actually exists today, and you can read it. I'm going to post a link in the show notes so you can read the whole letter if you would like. But neither Arius nor Alexander listened to Constantine and the fighting continued. Alexander saw this matter as one that was possibly the greatest threat to church. If he did not stop this false doctrine from spreading, the church might be lost. Constantine then sent out letters to every single bishop in Rome and called all of them to come to Nicaea where Constantine was. This is what is today Turkey. They would be debating and settling this once and for all. Now remember, when all of the churches gathered together, it was considered the universal church. And at that time, the term for that was the Catholic Church. So while this was a meeting of the Catholic Church, we can't put today what we view as the Catholic Church into this meeting. This was the Catholic Church as in the universal church. Bishops from all over in different churches in different areas of Rome all came together. Now, the matter of Arius wasn't the only contention. There was another controversial thing that had to be dealt with, and that was the remembrance of Jesus' death and resurrection. Since the start of the church, the death and resurrection had always been celebrated on Passover for a few reasons. One, Jesus died on Passover. Two, Jesus was the lamb the Jews sacrificed, and Jesus was the door the lamb's blood was placed on, and Jesus was and is the covering that saves us from death. Three, the early church was made up of Jewish people who were celebrating the Passover already. How can a Jew celebrate the Passover without celebrating the fulfillment of the Passover? But now, under Constantine, there was a push to make churches more user-friendly. For the Greeks and the Romans, less Jewish, more Gentile. Since the pagans had a holiday around the same time as Passover, it would make sense to have the holiday then. That way, the pagans could embrace Christianity and not lose their holiday that they were really used to celebrating. Now, the pagans were celebrating Ishtar, the goddess of fertility and sex. Constantine thought it would be easier for the pagans to move from Ishtar to Easter than to lose their holiday altogether and adopt a Jewish holiday of Passover. So, Easter and the Question of Jesus' Deity. This is what was going to be decided. It's June, year 325. You're standing next to Alexander again as bishops enter the large lecture area where the meeting will be held. Bishops have traveled very far for this meeting. You could cut the tension in the room with a knife. Men are looking at one another, wondering if the man next to them falls with Alexander or Arius. Then a man enters with only one arm. He's a bishop who was tortured for the name of Jesus before Constantine took control. You look at him and you're reminded the very fact that this meeting can even take place is in itself a miracle. You might be fighting false doctrine, but you're fighting it in the open. Constantine is in the room. He's the kind of man that makes his presence known. Love him or hate him, you have to admit, he is a force to be reckoned with. He walks across the great hall toward the bishop that only has one arm and kisses him. A sign of respect and honor. The next bishop to enter is blind, also a tragedy left behind from abuse. Constantine kisses him as well. Many of the bishops that enter hold more scars and signs from the abuse they endured Just a few years ago, before Christianity was finally made legal, there's burn victims and amputees, blind, and they all made the long trip for this very important council. As the bishops take their seat, Constantine is seated in the front of the room. He's the one who has called the meeting, and as the head of the state of Rome, he has declared himself the head of the church. He may be the self-proclaimed head of the church, but he is the newest Christian in the room and has zero doctrinal education. You've read the letter he sent to both your friend Alexander and the heretic Arius. Clearly, Constantine doesn't care who wins this battle, just that the battle is done and over with and the church can move on. But the first matter to be discussed is a celebration of Jesus' death and resurrection, and it's decided the church will adopt the Ishtar weekend or Easter, The final tie between Jews and Christianity has been cut. The question then is, how will the church know what weekend it is? It falls during different times of the year and the church isn't used to celebrating this particular weekend. Constantine looks at you. You're Alexander's secretary. He asks you to write a letter each year, the Easter letter. In the letter, you will let bishops know the date of the Easter. You agree. This letter will become a very important part of church history. And the forming of the New Testament canon. But that's for another podcast coming soon. Then comes the main argument. Is Jesus God? Arius stands and speaks. You're once again shocked at how well he articulates his point of view. He may be a heretic, but he is a very gifted speaker. Suddenly, you hear a noise. The bishop, Nicholas, has stood up and begins to shout at Arius. And then he starts running towards him. Before anyone could stop him, he's punched Arius in the face and knocked him to the ground. Other bishops pull Nicholas away, who was shouting that Jesus is God. The meeting stops and everyone takes a break. Arius catches his breath and Nicholas is seated once again. Next to someone who'll make sure he doesn't get violent again. Alexandra addresses the group as well. He speaks of Jesus' life, how he forgave sins, something only God can do, how he walked on water and calmed the sea, proving he is the creator, for only the creator can have power over his creation. He talks about the blind seeing, the lame walking, the dead coming back to life. He reminds the bishop that Jesus said, I am, before Abraham was, I am. Arius stands again. He says Jesus is a created being, meaning there was a time when Jesus didn't exist. Alexander stands. Jesus said I am. He is eternal, meaning he always was and always will be. There was never a time when Jesus didn't exist. As Alexander's secretary, you are listening carefully and writing down as much as you can. The meeting lasts a long time. In the end, a final creed is written and ready to be voted on. As Alexander's secretary, you were given the role of standing and reading. This is what you read. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made, who for us, men for our salvation, came down from heaven and was incarnated by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us Under Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and on the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and Giver of life who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who speaks, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Arius and his followers vote against the creed. They are outvoted the creed is passed. The next vote is to declare Arius and his followers as a heretic. This also passes. As the last part passes, you look at Constantine. He doesn't seem happy. You know he always sides with the underdog and wants all people to feel represented. Yet, will he step in and change this? The meeting at Nicaea is one of the most famous events in church history. Alexander's secretary, was Athanasius. And we're going to talk a lot more about him in later podcasts. Nicholas really did punch Arius in the face and knock him out. Nicholas is actually the most famous bishop from this time period, even more famous than Constantine. Later today, I'm going to do a bonus episode all about Nicholas, but I don't want to go through that rabbit trail right now. Constantine really didn't care what the outcome of the vote was. He just wanted it settled. And he was upset that Arius and his followers had been labeled as heretics. He declared a pardon for any bishop who had been declared heretic at this meeting. The vote had come and the bishops returned to their church with their new creed. But the heresy wasn't over. Arius didn't have a church pulpit to preach from anymore. But that didn't stop him from writing and speaking in public he began a new teaching. He said, Jesus had come to tell us about the kingdom, but Constantine was God's vessel to bring the kingdom in. Jesus was not God, but a vessel. And Constantine is not God, but a vessel. Arius was putting Constantine in the same category as Jesus. When Alexander heard this new teaching, he began to preach that the empire was part of the church, but not the head of the church. Constantine was equal with all of his brothers and sisters in Christ but he was not equal with Christ. Arius then said that Alexander was not loyal to Rome or the throne. How dare you say you're equal to Constantine? With this new argument Constantine sided heavily with Arius. He was a very proud man and he liked the idea of hearing preaching that he was God's vessel being used to bring in God's kingdom. Soon, Constantine was giving Arius jobs in the government and having Arius as counsel to the throne. When Constantine, who still considered himself head of the church, ordered Arius be reinstated as a bishop and his church given back to him. It's the night before Arius is to arrive at his church to preach his first sermon, reinstated as bishop. It's a cold, dark night. You enter the church and you hear sobbing. You move slowly and quietly to the front of the church where you see your good friend Alexander laying face down on the ground towards the altar. He is sobbing and he is praying. You hear him speak. God, take me away. Don't let me be here to watch, to hear this heresy come into the church. Don't let me be part of this church when you condemn. Don't let me be part of this church when you condemn us. Don't let me perish with the church. Or stop Arius from entering and speaking even one word. If you love your church, take Arius away unless heresy enters through the door with him. The next morning crowds have all gathered. There are men blowing trumpets as a parade makes its way through the streets towards the church. Arius' followers have all come in excitement that their great leader will once again stand in the pulpit. Someone who didn't know what was happening would think a great king had come to town. But a closer look at Arius would show a man in extreme pain. He had awoken with a stomach pain and as the day wore on, the pain was growing. They were not at the church yet, but Arius called for the parade to pause. He then ran to a nearby building to relieve himself. But he fell over dead and was found in a pool of his own blood. He never set foot in the church. Alexander's prayers had been answered. Constantine wasn't the head of the church. Jesus Christ was and is the head of the church, and Jesus is God. That creed is still recited in churches across the world every Sunday. Lines from the creed are found in worship songs. But today, are we still as fearful of false doctrine? Do we fight it the same passion we fight other attacks on the church? There were three characters in this debate. Arius, the heretic preacher. Alexander the preacher who fought for truth, and Constantine who wanted everyone to just get along and not say anything that would be too controversial. What type of Christian are you? Or another question, what type of church do you belong to? Do you go to an Arius church that's teaching heresy, an Alexander church preaching the truth, or a Constantine church that just wants to make things as easy as possible for people to come into the church and feel comfortable and wants nothing controversial? Spoken from the pulpit. If you attend a church that ignores Jesus or outright teaches he's not God, you attend an Arius church. If you attend a church that hands out surveys in the community to ask unbelievers what they want to see in a church, or holds events that have nothing to do with Jesus Christ as a way of PR in the neighborhood, or who refuses to teach anything that might be controversial, even if that means never preaching full books of the Bible, then you're in a Constantine church. If you attend a church that calls sin, sin, and preaches Jesus is God and the only way to heaven, and preaches the Bible cover to cover, even if some of the books are kind of hard to understand and might be controversial, then you're in an Alexander church. So what are you? Are you Arius, Constantine, or Alexander? Be an Alexander. For more podcasts, blogs, and videos, check out my website, lauraleesiemens.com.